Welcome to The Great Indoors, and today, once again, we're in Barcelona, Spain. This is MWC 2023, and what a week we are having. There are nearly 100,000 people from across the industry and the world here to take part in, without any doubt, the biggest telecoms and technology show on the planet. It's been quite a journey and it feels incredible to have finally crossed the Atlantic as the GSMA's official podcast sponsor for this unique show. To remind you, we are spending the whole week in an amazing recording facility on the jaw-dropping Amdocs booth, recording some fascinating conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'll be joined by our customers, analysts, partners, and Amdocs executives as we explore their stories and perspectives in podcast format for prosperity. As ever, I'm joined by my co-pilot and producer Larissa Yee as these special edition MWC 2023 episodes continue to roll out every Thursday. And this is number four. This is episode four in this series. And for today, we will be speaking with Cox Communications. Now, following a successful nationwide launch earlier this year, Cox, like many other traditional US cable players, have made the move into the mobile domain with the objective of combining their offerings to something even better for their customers. This week here in Barcelona, Cox Mobile is continuing the conversation around a connected and converged future. And under their vision, customers will be able to combine Cox Mobile and Cox Internet based on their individual connectivity needs. And experience is way enhanced. It's increasing their affordability. It gives them access to enhanced features and improved performance. Now, Cox customers can expect to see the first converged offers roll out in the next few months. But joining me to talk about Cox's vision is Catherine Border de Castro, VP of Connectivity and Convergence at Cox Communications. So let's get started. Okay, so my next guest here on The Great Indoors at MWC 2023, the official podcast uh, of the GSMA this year, all the way from Atlanta, we have Catherine Porter de Castro, who's the AVP of Connectivity and Convergence at Cox Communications. Welcome, Catherine, to The Great Indoors. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So exciting. No, it is. It's great to have you. Great to have you. And look, as we start, what have you seen so far that has made you go... Wow. If Uh, anything, by the way. You know what? I would start off by just even saying that it's, there's so much. Uh, It's, I mean, everyone I think is bombarded uh, with what is going on. Um, There are, uh, I'm really interested in kind of what I've seen from a metaverse standpoint. Right. And what is that really going to ultimately mean? I'm looking for things that are ultimately meaningful for consumers, right? Um, yeah. So, and, and I know that you all have you know, um, an experience here that I need to kind of dig a little bit more into, it's right? Cool. But I don't want to just necessarily see, you know, an avatar and, you know, shop, uh, you know, yeah. in some virtual world. I'm looking for how is this going to be meaningful in consumers' lives. So, yeah. um, I did see some AI that helps you. It helps a veterinarian, actually, to be specific. You could take an x-ray of your dog. They send it up to the cloud. 
Uh, so you don't necessarily need to have like a new medical device. Right. You just send it up to the cloud. It diagnoses it within minutes. It comes back down. I have two dogs at home. Wow. Both of them are little. They're a little wow. on the old side. So this was well, very. It was relevant and it was an interesting use case. You know that felt again me more it meaningful. It spoke to you and as it, well. Absolutely. But so. you know the the similarity is I have three dogs at home, but one of them is a puppy. The other two are 15 years of age brothers that we brought over. I live in Canada now. We brought them over from England um, and we literally had to take them to the vet for an x-ray the other day because they're getting old. It's costing money. You have to take them to the vet. But what breed are, are your two dogs, Catherine? A Great Dane. Okay. Who oh, so is so. six and right. that's, it starts to get older for that type of dog. Oh, and then I have a tiny toy poodle right. who's 16. Oh, wow. So very different ages, but they're both they were up in age there. So, right. um, so yeah, so that kind of felt really, I could see the benefit you immediately. You could see it straight away. Um, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I was talking to, uh, this was South Korea Telecom, and was right. interested on what's the experience for the veterinarian. Um, so it was, it was interesting, like there's no, when they said like there's no other medical equipment, right? Like yeah. this should be super simple. And then he felt that the technology was already available within the U.S. And I said, but your local veterinarians don't have access to this, yes, which really speaks to how emerging yeah. all of these things really are. And sometimes when you're in the technology um, and you're the one that's developing, it feels like, oh, this is old news. Everyone has this. And, yeah. you, know, for, you know, for the average consumer, they, they yeah. don't. Right? No. Um, no, exactly. no, but it, honestly, this, this is a really great point. And I really like the example you use. And the reason why is... There was another example on, on a guest I had on uh, earlier. They were using private enterprise networks with 5G cloud for a brewery in Boston to monitor the beer in the brewery. But the, the issue here is we used to build technology for the sake of technology and then say, okay, so what's it now gonna do? Right. With this new ecosystem, with all the technologies that are coalescing around 5G, it's now a case of, okay, so it's ready, it's ready to go, what are the problems that this can now solve? Yeah. And I think that's a really good example. It's almost like let the market, let the invisible hand of the market guide us to what these things are going to do for, for everyone and for humanity and society. But it's not like previous iterations of 3G, where you had a pretty concrete idea what it was going to do. Right, This time right. around, it, it's almost, okay, we've built it, they will come kind of. Mentality. So you're touching on something that just my attendance here is an example of, which is the transition of, I think, technology being more consumer-centric than it has been in the past, and therefore the attendees uh, has changed dramatically. Some I was in an interview yesterday, and we were talking a little bit about that exact uh, subject where, I don't know, 10 years ago, right, this conference was much more engineer heavy, right? And all hardware heavy. Hardware, yeah, all yeah. about the, you know, yeah. not that we don't talk about the network now, of course we do a lot, but um, it was just a different take than yeah. it is now, right? right? And so for me, right, I'm primarily focused in marketing. Um, I mean, there's other areas of the business, but I'm always gonna be thinking about the consumer yeah. and what is the benefit. And not only that, not, there might be a benefit, but do you need that? Yes. Right? Like, well, I yes, may think yeah, that there's yeah. a benefit for you, but is that really a need in your life right yeah, now? Yeah. Um, and if you don't have that need, then there is no benefit. Yes. Um, and so I think, you know, you're really speaking to how 
we see technology being a little bit more uh, consumer centric and yeah. that that really excites me, right? So yeah. again, kind of to the beginning of your question, I don't want the metaverse just to develop um, in a way that is not going to be consumer centric yes. just yeah, because yeah. somebody has an idea that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. like not a reason for us to go and develop yeah. it, right? No offense to all of my engineering friends, no, right? No, no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and we have lots of them as I can imagine. So give me a little bit of a history of yourself, Catherine, for our listeners and your role at Cox Communications. Yeah, so um, I actually started my career in consumer packaged goods, right? right? So that is kind of where kind of like my consumer centricity uh, came from. Yeah. Uh, and then I transitioned into technology, which is not a common transition, but I have found it to be fantastic, right? Um, right. I, again, to the point that we were just talking about, I think it's given me an advantage of always having a very consumer-centric view and bringing others along, right? That we yeah. need to be doing more of that. At the end of the day, we are trying to influence and sell to other human beings. And that is incredibly difficult to do. It is so hard to change habits. And so for technology developers, engineers, to your point, but it can't be Let's develop something and just push it out there. Yeah. Um, because you might think it's really cool, but if it's not really serving a need, then changing uh, consumer habits, as I just said, is, is very difficult. Yeah. Um, the analogy that I like to use is that if it was really simple, then we would all be healthy. We would yeah. follow our doctor's orders, right? Because they would just tell us, like, yeah, yeah. don't smoke, don't drink, and we would just do it immediately. And that's obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> right? we no, just, that doesn't happen. It's, yeah. it's, you know, we, we have our habits that yeah. you know, are challenging to sometimes change. So yeah. that history has served me really well. I specifically came to Cox Communications to lead all of our marketing efforts for okay. Cox Mobile. Wow. Um, that so you know Cox Communications has a very very long history right the company's 125 years old mm-hmm. um, it's a family owned private business which is fantastic um, it really allows for the culture of the organization to be very family first right employee yeah. first um, right. so the owners right the Cox family are obviously a family but they see the employees as an extended family oh, so wow. it um, nice. it is an amazing culture yeah. to be a part oh, of um, awesome. and that was a huge attraction so for me it was a win-win I was going to yeah. be able to go and launch a new MVNO which is a complete roller coaster of a ride and I say that in the most positive and fun way possible but it really yeah. launching a business is just you know it's yeah. it's a lot of exciting work and so doing that in a company that really puts its employees first. It yeah. was just, it was a no-brainer. Well, great, sounds great. Now, so Cox has moved into the mobile domain right now. You're a new NMVNO. I think it's the right time. If you look at what the cable MVNOs from Charter and Comcast are just smashing it on the yeah. post-pay acquisition side, Absolutely. it's crazy. What's Cox's approach? What's your differentiation or what's the message that you want to give to bring customers into your mobile community? Yeah, so our peers, as you've mentioned, have shown this works, right? And um, and that's where I think it, it really starts to lend a little bit into convergence that we can get into in, in a second. But yeah. we want to be able to bring these categories together for the benefit of our consumers. So um, I wouldn't necessarily say that our intention is a different one, right? And it's fantastic that they've had such success and you know we know that we'll have you know the same 
in terms of you know what's different is I want to be very careful and intentional about ensuring that how we move with Cox Mobile will be really simple. Um, Like what we learned a lot from consumers is there is a lot of options um, in terms of mobile plans in the U.S., maybe too many options, or I don't understand how to shop. I don't understand how to compare back and forth. You know, a lot of large M&Os have added a lot of value, right, Or, or, you know, could be perceived, maybe not perceived as value, but what it does is that it doesn't really allow the consumer to understand and what I'm paying really, is that a really a good value yeah. um, for everything that I'm getting? Um, so I might be getting Hulu or Netflix or Spotify or whatever that may be, and it just becomes a lot more work for them to kind of go and, and figure that out. Yeah, and so yeah. our plans are insanely simple. It's two plans. There's a meter plan at like $15 a gig, and then there's an unlimited plan at 45 Oh, right. Wow. That's it. It includes like what you would expect, right? The unlimited talk and text, um, yeah. and neither one of them has a contract, and you can switch from either one whenever you want. You just go into an app, or you go onto your account, yeah. you switch, and so as your needs change, you can just can do that. It. And it's the simplicity that I think is probably what's really different. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we continue with that, right? That as we have any of the same, you know, competitive challenges that our peers and our competitors do, that we don't start to accidentally make things more complicated for consumers because then we'll just be a me too. Yeah, we'll yeah, just be like everybody yeah. else, right? Yeah, so yeah. sometimes it's so funny how being simple and just clear, transparent yeah. for the consumer can be so hard to do. Yes. Um, so we just have to stay true to our mission, right? And that's yeah. what I intend to do. Yeah, It sounds great. And also, obviously, bundling in the rest, simplifying not just the mobile package, but all the other offerings that come from Cox Communications, right? That's the mission, is how do we bring that all together? So that's your next mission is the convergence side, right? Absolutely. Um, have you been listening on to my work meetings, by the way? Oh, really? Yeah. I have, I have. We, ta- we taped it. There's been some wiretapping we've been doing on various You were the customers. one that was tapping into yeah. that call. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Um, looking at, well, it's also interesting what what is happening within the organization in terms of, you know, you have an, an employee base that has historically sat within, you know, the fixed side of the business yeah. and that, that has historically run at a, you know, a particular pace and now entering mobile, which is a completely different, insanely fast pace. And I'm super proud of the organization in terms of how quickly they are adjusting and moving. So it's not a, hey, so you new kids, when are you going to act more like us? Right. Like this is, yeah, these yeah, are our yeah. processes. Yeah, yeah. This is how BAU, I can't stand yeah, the term yeah. BAU. Yeah. How, like <laughs> you should do it this way. Not at all. It is, we heard the message loud and clear. We need to act more like the mobile category. So how do we transform our fixed business to act and feel and be just as agile and have the speed yeah. of market that, that is mobile, that is hard. That is also yeah. really hard. And so there's a large transformation that's happening there within the organization and just super, again, I think connecting to the previous portion of our conversation, like the, the culture allows for that yeah. um, because it is so inclusive that people will be really open 
right, to new ideas. Yeah, um, so yeah. super, um, super excited, but you're right. The consumers will at first see it as bundling, just as you said. That is the term that is going to feel most natural to them. Yeah. That's fine. We should always understand what consumer language is and use their language, you know, where appropriate. That said, convergence is so much more than a bundle, right? Yeah, convergence, yeah. Um, and some would argue, especially if you're an engineer, that real convergence isn't until you have network convergence. And that is the yeah. behemoth. That's yeah, the piece yeah, that's yeah. the absolute hardest. Yeah. That's what's going to give us tons of like operational efficiency. Yeah. Um, and I don't say we, Cox Mobile, like the entire category industry is some time away from that, right? So it's yeah. not like network convergence is going to happen in a year or so. And so we need to kind of look at how do we evolve from the initial convergence piece, which is really just a price convergence, yes. yeah, to yeah. product, operational, um, and then ultimately, right, we think about it as different domains. We think about, you know, marketing as a, as a convergence domain, which is kind of the domain and the phase that we're in right now. Yeah. Product and services, operations, and then lastly, network, yeah. um, which will just take the longest. Yeah. You know, convergence is a theme that I would expect that we would see at Mobile World Congress for years to come, because yeah. it is a multi-year journey. So, but yeah. so excited that at least we've, we've started. Yeah. Well, no, and, and I think you make an absolute brilliant point there. Convergence isn't just the bundle. Mm -hmm. It's the billing. Right, exactly. It's the operations, the customer care. It's your retail channels, your digital online presence. It's all of all those of elements that you need to bring together. Because anyone can say, well, listen, I'll give you... Exactly. I'll throw in a, a, a mobile plan now and it's an extra 10 bucks a month on whatever. You know, well, that, I mean, that's been already done. Yeah, that's old. That's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, even from your marketing perspective, the message to the market now, you're not going out with two mess separate Exactly, methods. exactly. You have to combine the value proposition from a marketing perspective. Uh, and yeah, I imagine it's an enormous amount of work. But are you seeing this at Cox as well, Catherine? It's something that, that I've picked up from several people I've interviewed is, when you look at those elements of convergence from the billing, from the care channels, that were traditionally dictated and built by IT, right? So IT said, this is the system that's gonna provide that customer experience. Has it transformed, or is the mission, that, or, or, the, or the journey that you're on now to transform that, so that experience is driven by the business, right? So it's the business telling this is how it needs to look and feel. This is the experience rather than you building the system and then we kind of got to work around and figure out how. Is, is that something that's prevalent as a, from a cultural perspective in Cox as well? Absolutely. I would, I would not say that we are at the end point, um, but the mindset, which is sometimes the hardest piece to change, uh, is definitely there, right? right? So you will hear, you know, whether it's from senior leaders, um, you know, my peers, the technology needs to deliver on the strategy, right? So exactly to your point, we need to be driving our business, you know, in a, in a more consumer-centric, profitable way, and then have the technology, you know, 
deliver that for us. So, yes. you know, are, is there still a journey in terms of kind of where our capabilities are? I would say that that's the case for any organization right now. Right. Um, and I think that's why so many, you know, it's, it's so fun to be here and kind of see just right before we were going to start um, this interview, your colleague shared something with me and I right. said to her, I need that. Oh, really? I, I said, I've been asking for that. And what I get internally is that is very hard to build. Yes, and you yes, just told yes. me that it's actually quite easy. So I need to learn more about that, right? So it's, you know, how does the innovation of different partners as they are innovating? Um, I love what you said before, right? That, you know, convergence is ultimately bringing all of those pieces together to drive simplicity for the consumer. Yeah. No consumer wants to have to do the work, right? Yeah, when your yeah. systems don't work together and they feel like they're on a call with yeah. care for five hours yeah. and they're being moved from person to person because your systems don't work together, yeah. that's a terrible experience. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't put it on them, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even from a billing perspective, because of course, traditionally we're a billing company, but imagine two different bills that look the difference that have completely different vernacular descriptions, legal terms. If you got that as a consumer, you'd be like, I can't reconcile this. This is not, to your point that I like before, simple, yeah. right? So it's driving that simplicity at every touch point for the customer to really give them value for choosing your service, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I don't think that convergence, right, it, it, as we're describing it, is going to be a nice to have. Right. You, it will be an absolutely necessity to compete, right? So you just mentioned the bill, absolutely. Your contract and your terms agreements, like why would you have two? Yeah. Why would you have multiple ones for exactly. every single different product that you may have? Uh, so all of that needs to be simplified because ultimately consumers' lives are very complex, right? And their attention is being pulled in many different ways. and. I think that with more innovation, that's not necessarily going to stop. And so I think that it's the providers that will be those that are most simplified and making it easy for consumers, right? Yeah. And again, I, I think, you know, I say this and it sounds so easy. It just sounds like, well, it's, of course, sounds, yeah, every, yeah, everybody yeah, should yeah, be doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It is so hard, as I said before, it is so hard to stay simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You, and you said something before, which is, I, I wrote down on my notes here straight away, and it's something that I've picked up at this show prevalently the last couple of days, but even going back to the MWC Las Vegas show that we were at in October, the need for collaboration within the industry, I think has never Necessary. been bigger. Even competitors are collaborating at some degree with each other if they look at sort of sharing network and base stations and yep. towers and all these different things. Is that something you're feeling as well as you go into this mobile world, the need to collaborate with this multitude of partners, this huge ecosystem? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No one who goes it alone is gonna win. Yeah. Um, the ecosystem is too large. It continues to expand. And I think that what is going to be challenging for any organization is to have the self-awareness to understand what is your core competency? What do you stick with? Where do you partner? Yeah. Because I think that the challenge that I have seen is many organizations can feel Oh, we, we absolutely can develop that. 
oh, we have people who can do that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've got, yeah. we, yeah, we have yeah, a whole yeah, team yeah. that could do X, Y, and Z. That'll just save us some costs. We don't have to go external. Yeah. And so it's the ancient, you know, kind of question of build or buy. And I think that as there are more partners, larger ecosystem, that question will be even more challenging. Um, yeah. But I think that you absolutely have to yeah. collaborate. That you know, you we won't be able to to compete trying to do it all. Yeah. And also something else I wanted to get your thoughts on. And this is something that I think is written in, in that article from, from this morning and something that I think has happened after the pandemic. I think there's now an inherent obligation for service providers and operators in every country, from everyone we speak to, to look after the societies and the communities they serve. The pre-COVID, we're businesses, right? It's all about the dollars and cents. It's all about the feeds, the speeds, the functions and features. But now, something I notice is this inherent need for tech for good. If you look at Vodafone's sustainability, if you look at the initiatives that are everywhere around education, if you look at you know the, my opening question about the and, and your dog um, X-ray, mm -hmm. yeah, there's something fundamentally now more altruistic about what we're doing. Do, do you feel that? In absolutely, the, absolutely. Yeah. I think that. I don't, I don't know if any of us thought that in our lifetime we were going to see and experience a pandemic, you know, quite like this, and it was very life-altering for all of us in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that there's any going back to it, you know, to, to what things were exactly like before. Um, so we had a lot of terrible things coming out of the pandemic, and I think that there, there are some really good things, right? So to your point, you know, organizations being more altruistic, I think is, it's, it's a really good thing that's coming out of that. So right as we, as we were going into the pandemic, we had a, um, campaign about calling and checking in uh, on elderly folks, right? Because they were, they were some of the, of, of, you know, the folks in our population who were most impacted, um, whether because they were sick or they just couldn't get out, they couldn't get their own groceries. Um, yeah. And so that was a way of being able to, right? Like that simple technology you've had forever in terms of being able to like make a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go exactly. ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, there's a project that we recently finished as well, um, Project Convey. It's a it's a it's like a video call, but we'll have uh, emojis, much more expressive emojis than what you want, might use right. on your phone uh, that is meant for autistic people. Oh, right, yeah, so, okay. Uh, I have an autistic uh, brother and stepson. Right. And understanding emotion and that kind of facial recognition of what is the emotion is yeah. much more challenging for yeah. them. So it's a really interesting project on yeah. how to be able to, you know, help them do that. Yeah. So so there's there's all sorts of different ways of, you know, how do you use yeah. the technology, right, to help uh, bring yeah. people together. Because yeah, this is what I think, and I've said this before on, on this podcast, I think before the pandemic, technology was always getting a bit of a bad rap. Mm -hmm. Kids spend too much time on their phones or on their tablet. Facebook is destroying the world. In the pandemic, where it underpinned our whole lives, the connectivity, like the, the ability to do video calls, the ability to carry on your work, the ability to, to do e-commerce, and there was a digital propulsion of adoption driven by that. But I think it made all of us in the industry realize 
hold on, it feels good to do these really good things. And, and we're on the right side of things. And I think technology got a rebrand. Yes. It was almost like the pandemic was a warm, this yes. is what we can yes. do. Right. Yes. And when you, again, when you were asking me the first question about in terms of what I'm interested in and why I said, like, I really want to see those proof points continue. I, I think when social media was first, you know, taking off uh, decades ago, I remember having this like out of body experience thinking, right. oh, my God, they're like children running with scissors. You right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's just like everybody wants to use it. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then, and we weren't quite really aware yet of the negative implications. Yeah, like it yeah, just was, yeah. seemed like the coolest thing in the world. Now we've seen the implications of, you know, what it can do to young children, right? And, um, you know, the bullying that happens with yeah, teenagers. Like yeah. we didn't know that the first time we were like creating an account to a social yeah. media platform. So yeah. now to your point, this pivot, we're so much smarter. Yeah, right? yeah. We've learned so much more. And so I don't think that it needs to stop innovation or creativity, yeah. um, but we have we have those learnings so we yeah. can do it better in this yeah. next you know generation yeah. of of you know digital and, and evolution. Like I really do feel like we're on this cusp yeah. of in, like insane innovation coming. Yeah. And so you know so much of that is because we have you know five G, and yeah. as it becomes even more ubiquitous, yeah. um, for years it feels like we've been waiting, 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 waiting for five G. And we're we're just at the beginning, so yeah. I think things will be so amazingly yeah. different in five years. Absolutely. Well, and I love the analogy with children with scissors. You know <laughs> the, the analogy I think about, particularly with Facebook, by the way. Have you seen the movie Fantasia, the the Sorcerer's Apprentice with yes. Mickey? It was almost like that. It was also well, I I can get the buckets. It was like an innovation that's yeah. going to make my life easier, and it ends up flooding everything. <laughs> and every time he tries to destroy it with the axe. That's really what I, it always felt like with, with that. Now, I think there's a modern, a more contemporary, rather, innovation that people are already now thinking, okay, there could be some negative externalities to this. And that's the whole generative AI, yes. chat GPT thing that is really big here this week. What are your thoughts on that? Just... You know, not from a, maybe a, a, just your personal thoughts on A, how powerful that can be, and B, what could be the potential downsides? I am optimistic, right, based on what I just said, that we will not have forgotten the learnings, right, of the last you know, 20 years or so, yeah. um, and that, you know, we look to find ways um, and kind of guide uh, consumers, users, right, the ecosystem, that we just take the high road um, as these are being developed. Innovation is always going to happen and we shouldn't, we shouldn't try to slow that down or pause that or, or stop the creativity in any sort of weird way. You know, we, we need to, as a human race, continue to innovate. But I'm, you know, looking forward, right, like, is AI going to maybe help in social, right? Is, there, is it going to help bring more connection, right? One of the biggest challenges that we have in the world, like usually we go to all the medical things, right? You know, this health issue, that disease, right? I think one of the biggest crises that we have, um, definitely in the United States, is loneliness. Loneliness. Loneliness, and it will the impact that it can have, right? Um, the impact that it can have to you physically in terms of developing illnesses because yeah. you're 
alone and you're kind of internalizing that, but also, you know, the tribalism that we've seen in the United States over the last several years yeah. was developed out of a root cause of feeling alone and yeah. now feeling like you are a part of some tribe, whether you would have agreed with those thoughts and views years before or not, right? So yeah. when you have more human connection, it can inoculate from, from that type of, yeah. of thinking. So I'm really optimistic of, can we take that technology and focus it for the improvement of humanity as yeah. opposed to just kind of Again, back to our other piece, cool. like, this is yeah, cool, yeah, let's yeah, just exactly. develop this, right? I just, it just did my homework for me. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right now we're hearing about a lot of kids writing their papers yeah, <laughs> with yeah, that, well, but there are much better uses for it. Yeah, my kids, we've taken, we have to watch the chat GPT around them. They just, they, you know, they like so, it. It's so interesting, um, and I talk about this with, with my stepchildren. I was working on, uh, I was working with a partner. I, I just wanted to set up some training for my teams. And we were looking at dates, and she says, well, um, and, and it's, a, it's a large provider who's here, so I won't right. say who. And um, she said, well, you know, I've got, I've, got, um, I've got all these sessions all around the world for them. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, congratulations on that engagement. Like, what exactly is it? And she says, basically in short, she was taking all of the large, massive technology company all of their 20-something-year-olds and teaching them how to write an email. Oh. It was like three different templates. Here is how you would write an email to an executive. It was, I was just like, but they're all brilliant and they've probably have gone to like amazing schools. And she's like, yes, but they've also grown up like texting their whole time. Right. So they yes. don't know really how to communicate. Like how do you write an email where you're trying to influence someone in a, in a way where it has to be you know, uh, you have to get to the point, right? But you also have to kind of, yeah. I, I was I was amazed. And so it's situations like that, right? Where when we're talking with the kids of, yeah, you might get through this paper, but these are actual skill sets that you're going to need for later yeah. in life. Um, no, it's, so. it's no, actual writing because, you know, I, when I was at school, I had a fountain pen yeah. right, in, in, in England and, and you filled it, you had to do cursive writing and, and the, the English teachers were very strict, but those skills have escaped as that and could even more with things like ChatGPT, with voice to text, you don't even have to write. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, after the summer vacation, you would come back to school and you, they give you a pen and you're like, I've forgotten how to write. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is, it's, it's bringing back some of those traditional skills. Uh, which I think could be really interesting as well as we continue to evolve and uh, the technology continues to hit us. Um, so listen, Catherine, we're, we're approaching the end. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Oh my God, it's fantastic. already over? No. It's so much fun. I know. This is, we, we could keep going for hours. <laughs> we could. Um, but here's the fun bit. Right? What I do for my guests at the end, we have a quick fire round called TGI to go. And I'm just going to give you two uh, options and a scenario. You tell me your preference. But if you're sitting comfortably, we'll do TGI to go. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. TGI to go. Question number one. We're in Barcelona. Picasso or Gaudi? Picasso. Yeah. Cool. Have you been to the Picasso Museum on the, in Barcelona? Not in Barcelona, because right. I've been working the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, have seen a lot of his work in Madrid. Oh, right. So okay. looking for, I have Thursday off, so looking forward to oh. being able to catch some art oh. before I leave. Really nice. That'll be really cool. Yeah. Staying in Barcelona, and we have our Amdocs party tonight. So I this one's... I cannot wait. I hear it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be pretty <laughs> great. The hottest party in town. That's what I hear. So would you have sangria or carver? Sangria. Sangria. Nice, nice. Um, sticking on the on the theme of the party tonight, singing. If you had to sing or dance at the party tonight, which that one would it be? That is so easy. Dance. Oh really? <laughs> I love to dance. All oh, right. Excellent. Would not exactly want to sing in front of all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> A travel one for you now. If they moved MWC from Barcelona. Would you rather it was in Shanghai or Las Vegas? Shanghai. Yeah, I've never Absolutely. been to Shanghai, actually. I have been to Shanghai. Um, yeah. it, it's a beautiful city, very modern. And I was actually just saying to a colleague right before right. we came in that, you know, really interested in, to, in diving deeper into the Asian mobile market, right? Because it's oh, also okay. like Europe, right? Super advanced, um, yeah. amazing technology, just feels, you know, a, a place where I can learn a lot. Um, so would love to, yeah. uh, would love to be able to go to, you know, they can move it to Shanghai. Maybe they do want to be. They in do Shanghai. one in Shanghai. They do the MWC Asia out of Shanghai. I have to go. And they do MWC Americas for Las Vegas. So that's like a little plug for the GSMA because they made us their podcast sponsor. <laughs> but you should check it out. The Vegas, we'll, we'll be there in Vegas with the, uh, with the podcast, but uh, but yeah, to get into the Asian, you know, to speak to yeah. Shanghai is definitely okay. absolutely. Now you have dinner tomorrow night, and your dinner guests could be either Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg. Um, Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon Musk. His his previous girlfriend said something in an interview that I thought was interesting. This is after she had had their second baby. And I, she said something to the effect of, dude says, and she called him a dude. It was so funny. Dude says weird stuff, but he does the right thing. Right. Um, now, the way that he's handled, you know, the Twitter ha like layoffs may be yeah. uh, interesting, um, but just, you know, would want to understand more, right, about, you know, his vision. And, you know, particularly when it comes to, Mars and Plan B, and you know, if so I think that would be an interesting conversation. He's the ultimate thought leader, right? He's thinking yes. a lot far ahead, and I think mm -hmm. that's what makes it really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and just you know, the role that I believe that he's trying to play within you know sustainability, and um, so I think that there are you know some of his initiatives on what can we do within the planet, but then also right, what is that Plan B, and how would yeah. we? be able to get to you know another planet if needed right so so futuristic right um yeah. even as we sit here in a world congress like that's even yeah. beyond yeah, you know exactly. what we're talking about here exactly so we're we're out of time i want to say thank you thank you so much for having it's me it's been this really has been great to meet you i hope you enjoyed it so much you're now part of an exclusive gang club and we have something to induct you into that uh, that community but catherine do you have any final words for our listeners before we close off today keep listening to you i think you have a fantastic uh podcast really great information uh so they should keep tuning in 
Thank you very much, Catherine. It's great. What a great episode. Thank you very much, Catherine, and all the folks at Fox for coming to visit us this week uh, on the Amdocs booth. Uh, It was a great conversation and what a great episode. So stay tuned as each episode and the associated guests are certainly not to be missed. Seriously, it gets better and better. And please leave a review on your podcast channel of choice if you feel so inclined. It certainly helps us. Visit our website, amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors, where we have all back episodes and a cornucopia of assets related to TGI. In fact, there's just a video has gone up there, which is a a beautiful sizzle reel uh, of our week in Barcelona. So please check it out. And with that, I think I've earned another cool glass of cerveza. I need to slow down. And all that is left to say is I'm Matthew Roberts for Amdocs in Barcelona, and I'll see you next time, wherever you are.